welcome to yet another episode of the Thinking Thick podcast. I'm Amaris. And I'm Lola. And today we asked, so actually we had a little like submission thing on our Insta stories, um, just asking people what they would like us to talk about. And there were a couple ones that we really liked. And this is one of those episodes. So we are actually going to be talking about things you wish you could have told your high school teacher. Yeah, I think this is one, this one's very interesting. I feel like high school definitely leaves like a huge mark on your life. And it's such a significant period in time developmentally. And so to look back on it is kind of interesting to see what we wish would have happened, what did happen. Yeah, a little throwback. I like it. So yeah, what we wish that we could have told her. How many points did you have? Did you have four? I have four. Like, there were just, like, some things that, like, I thought of. Um, and then just, like, little examples, like, here and there. Because I do agree. I think high school plays a very significant role yeah. in the life of a lot of people. And I thought I was going to write ten things. And I was like, well, that is way too much. Maybe five things. And then I ended up with four. And then you also ended up with four, yeah. which is perfect. Yeah. You can go ahead. The very first, I think the very first thing that I wish I could have told my high school teacher is that the way that you treat your students has an effect beyond the classroom. I think that the way that you treat your kids as a teacher can really either help a student's self-esteem or even just like lower their self-esteem. I mean, I guess this extends behind or beyond high school too. Even just all throughout growing up, you interact with teachers all throughout your years. So if you think that if your teacher yells at you about something that you got wrong in math, you're going to think, I'm terrible at math. Like, and those things over time, they really shape you. They shape, like, again, like your self-esteem and even the things that you do or don't want to go into. If you hate your math teacher, you're not going to want to do math. Mm -hmm. You know, if you hate literature and your teacher talks bad about you, you're going to think you're dumb at like I'm bad at reading or I'm bad at writing. Mm-hmm. So it just like has such a huge effect beyond the classroom. I remember this <laughs> kid in my math class, the teacher clearly hated him. And like, it's so bad that like looking back that I clearly knew that the teacher did not like a student. Like you shouldn't be able to tell that at all, especially if you're the adult, you yeah. know, like you shouldn't be able, the kids shouldn't be able to tell that like mm-hmm. you clearly hate them, don't like them. And he would just always yell at this one student over and over again. Even if somebody else was doing something wrong and he happened to be involved, he was the one who got in trouble. And I'm just like, yeah. damn, that I bet you that did a number on him because I feel like I suffered vicarious trauma through watching That's him, hilarious. Watching him get ripped on so hard. Yeah. There's yeah. something that I heard once about parents, but I think the same could be applied for teachers given like their profession. I forgot where I heard it. I think it was like a TV show or something, but they were talking to a parent and they were like, it is not your child's responsibility to love you. It is your responsibility to love and care for your child. And I think the same thing could be said about teachers. Like, it is not the student's responsibility to care about the teacher, but it is the teacher's responsibility to care about the student. Yeah. Yeah. Like you might not get a thank you from your students. Probably nine times out of 10, you won't get a thank you or this like, I don't know, appreciation, but it's still your job to be a teacher at the end of the day. Yeah. Like that's what you signed up for. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, so one of the points that I had was in regards to bullying. And I think that like the main one I had was that their favoritism shows when they favor other kids, um, like certain kids over other kids. And you can alienate the kids that might need you the most. Mm -hmm. And I think for me, that is something that I saw so much at the high school that we went to. Um, Because if you're tuning in for the first time, me and Lola went to the same high school. Mm -hmm. Um, So I saw that so much. And I, low key, I don't like our high school. I like always thought, and like this is going to sound so funny, like, um, I dreamed about going on American Idol and there was like a part, if you made it to the finale, they would do like a hometown visit and you would sing at your high school. I'm like, I would never sing at my high school just because mm. I didn't like it. Like I didn't like my high school. And one of the reasons why I did not like my high school was exactly for this reason, because I saw it so, so much. And as someone who was like, you what? So, so much. I saw like the favoritism so oh, much. Yeah. And it's as someone who was was bullied if I see a teacher really favoring and really taking to and really liking my bully why the fuck would I like the teacher Mm. I wouldn't like why would I feel comfortable with the teacher yeah and one of there was one time in math class um and I actually genuinely did like this teacher but she was raving on and on and on and on and on during math class about this one kid who is a piece of shit he like bullied me so much since like middle school and I hated him. Mm-hmm. I hated him so much. And she was just raving how great he is, how nice, how funny and how talented and how he was going to go so far and all this stuff. And I just could not bite my tongue anymore. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, he's a terrible person. I told her straight to her face. And she looked at me. She's like, oh, Maurice, you shouldn't say that. I'm like, no. I'm like, I should say that. I was like, he's mean. He's horrible. He's a bully. I'm like, he makes people cry. I'm like, he is not a good person. Yeah. And she was just like, I'm Amory. And like three other kids backed me up. Really? Yeah. And like three other kids were like, yeah, what she's saying is true. And like the teacher was just like, I'm having a really hard time believing all of this. And I was just like, yeah, well. Mm, he's a piece of shit yeah so and then i also saw a bunch of favoritism in my ap gov class because the professor or like the teacher that taught that class was also the football coach so all the football players took that class Mm -hmm. and it was just insane how much it showed and again i tied it to bullying because there was a student in that class who was like a little quirky and like nerdy and like not amongst like the popular people and I remember him talking to the teacher after class I was in there for some reason I think I had to finish like a quiz or something I'd miss so I was in there and it was like the teacher and the student and they were talking about like the bullying that had been going on in the classroom by the football players that the coach absolutely loved because he's their coach and their teacher and the kid was telling him like this is going on this is going on 
And there were two other people that he used to hang out with a lot. He's like, we're me and these two people are always going to be a team. We're always going to have each other's back, blah, blah, blah. And like the teacher kind of mocked him and he's like, okay, well, like you do whatever you feel like you need to do. Mm. And I was just like, I fucking hate this school so much. I'm like, I hate the school. And it's very interesting because I've had this conversation with my sister who is six years younger and went to the same school. And she said the same thing. She saw the same, like the favoritism in the classroom. Yeah. And she was just like, it's a very good school. And they're super, like, I think the culture within that school is try to make sure that you're putting on this facade of like the people that you would be like that you should be nice to you would be nice to because it's one of the schools that has one of the best special ed programs in the state so like everyone is nice to them as you should be first of all Mm -hmm. um but it's like as I think the culture there is like as long as you're being nice to like the people that you need to be nice and the people that you need to be supportive everyone else is just kind of like whatever yeah I think that something uh, some pol- there's politics involved with uh, with high schools mm-hmm. I think and this is go this will go into one of my other points so I won't elaborate on this just yet but like if you have wealthy families who are, are involved in committees, if you have wealthy family that donate to the school, your time at the at the high school will be really nice, right? Like if you have siblings and family who have grown up in the area who know your brother or brother sister or you know, like that experience in your high school will be completely different than somebody who just moved to the area, somebody who doesn't have the ability to have their family donate, you know, tons of money to the school. Like favoritism gets played in that, in that scenario because um, Mm -hmm. there's wealth involved and where Mm -hmm. there's wealth involved, there's something political going on, you know? So yeah, I for sure could understand that. Yeah. So I think that's my first message to high school teachers is just be careful because your favoritism shows and the kids are going to remember. AP Gov teach. (laughs) Could be anyone. (laughs) Yeah. Who knows? Who knows who he is? (laughs) Just throughout the whole entire podcast, you drop. (laughs) Just dropping hints left and right. Mr. G. Like. At the end, we let's pull it in. <laughs> Anyways, what's your second Moving point? On. My second point <laughs> is that your role as a teacher is not only to teach but to mentor. I think that um, you shouldn't teach if you're not passionate about kids and reaching kids. Um, I think a lot of times you'll have students who need more support. <laughs> and mentorship and so I, I I think that it's important to know that as teachers like some people might just need somebody that they could talk to mm-hmm. you know somebody that they could um I don't know, identify with like somebody who's outside of their peer in order to like help look at things objectively and help you process things in life I I, I really I don't know I think that one's a big 
a big one. Like you are not just there to teach for that hour, but you're there to really mentor and walk alongside these students as they are developing. Like, oh, I just like thinking about being in high school is just, that's horrible. Like there's so many things going on in your body in the first place. And then like, there's so like, there's a social aspect and there's a lot going on. And so as a teacher, you just need to need to be mindful of that and be just there for the kids in general. That's my second point. I agree. I also think it's 1000% easier and said than done, especially, especially like, I think me and Lola are very, very fortunate that we had the privilege to go to a well-funded school mm-hmm. and a school in the suburbs and a school that, you know, was merited as like one of the best schools in like the state. So we like, from what I saw, we never had to experience that, but like, I know a lot of teachers that work in CPS and like public schools in the city. Um, I know like a lot of my employees from like my job go to schools like that. And like, it's so hard to Mm -hmm. like talk to them and like, especially like the people that are teachers and like see how burned out they get because you start off right. Like, I want to go work at a school like this. Like I want to make a difference, but you have like everything you have to worry. working against you. You have to worry about the kids getting the supplies they need. Yeah. Do they have the laptops. Do they have the reduced lunch? Like some people rely on the reduced lunch because that's their only meal that they get to have for certain. Yeah. For and it's so much. It's a lot. It's a lot for teachers, especially in those situations, because like you're, you're wearing so many hats like you have to kind of look out for them in every single aspect and then if you have you know a school board or like a district that doesn't really fund teachers doesn't really like support teachers you do get burned out and like I know people that have left education because of it Mm -hmm. because after like a certain number of years they're like I can't do this anymore or, like, after a certain number of years, they're, like, you know what? Like, I need to move to a suburban school because, like, I just mentally cannot take it. And I think that, like, you just need to be aware of that because I agree with your point. Like, you're more than just a teacher for 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. And if you don't take, like, the steps, even for yourself, because I did a little bit, like, reading about this and, like, one of the things that, like, teachers were, like, retired teachers were were telling, like, new teachers was just, like, make sure that you take care of yourself, too, because, like, you will get burned out. I was just going to say that. So, like, water your cup. Make sure your cup is a little full. Like, you have water trickling in from somewhere so that you're able to, like, pour that back out into your students. Yeah, your mental health matters, too. I think when you were talking about that, that was a, that was one of the points I wanted to make. That's, like, that's a sub point. Definitely take care of yourself too. Yeah. Because you are more than just a teacher in the classroom. Kind of going along the lines of mental health um, is another thing I wish I could have told teachers is that a student's home life plays a very big role in how they do in school. And I think that teachers need to keep that in mind because I think that sometimes, you know, it's easy, especially if you have, you know, like you don't just have one class, you're teaching multiple, multiple children, um, like multiple teens. And I think it can sometimes be 
a little bit easier for a teacher to like just be like he's they're a bad student like they're just not gonna like do good in this class like it is what it is and sometimes you just get written off without someone really taking the time to check in on you and like really figure out like what is going on like what is happening is there anything that like we can do to figure this out because like you're the adult in the situation not the child and i think that you know like because it's a child the responsibility is not fully on them like adults need to offer help and for me that was like one of the things that was super hard at the school that we went to because i was going through a very hard time and i remember i had to drop out uh drop out of a college level class because i missed like a week and the coursework in that class was so intense that like they're like you're not gonna be able to catch up because I was taking care of like some family stuff and like I remember having to have that conversation with the teacher and then like the counselor and I remember having that conversation with the teacher and they're like well since you clearly can't even bother to show up to class like it's probably just better for you to drop the course and it's just like how different would it, things have been if, like, you asked me why I haven't shown up to class? Right. Ask me why I haven't been here. Mm-hmm. Like, check in as to, like, I clearly tested into it. Mm-hmm. I clearly can do it. Like, ask me, like, what is going on behind? And, like, for me, it was actually, like, night and day because I feel like in high school, like, none of the teachers cared. Like, my counselor tried for, like, a little bit, but it was just kind of, like, here, I'm going to refer you to, like, this group and then but like never checked in again and I think that it's also like it could be like a school thing like there's just too many kids to like per counselor ratio that like sometimes you know like people do slip through the cracks but like the difference between what happened in high school versus what happened in college like in college I also went through like a really hard time because um some issues with like family and stuff like that I ended up becoming like someone's like primary caretaker and my college professors were so unbelievably like understanding and so unbelievably like accommodating and took the time to ask what was going on and it makes you feel like people actually think that you can do this versus I feel like in high school because of everything that was going on I was just kind of written off Mm -hmm. because I had the same experience with my um uh what is that one (laughs) subject that I hated so much physics Mm -hmm. like one I'm bad at math and science so I really do need to focus on that like if I'm learning that but like my physics teacher was just like super quick to like write me off and I was just like oh okay but then college I'm like I loved my professors and it was it was night and day and like to see that I was like it makes such a difference because like all of high school and like after high school I felt like I was really stupid and I felt like I couldn't learn and I graduated college with a 3.79 GPA yeah and they could have asked you to like what can we do to make this work instead of like yeah you can't do the work like they didn't even have they didn't even conceive of a situation in which you can excel. And that is very limiting, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, teachers need to imagine that their students can excel. No matter what their situation is, what no matter what, like, the circumstances is, no matter what the behavior coming at you is, you yeah. know? And I think that, like, there are teachers that do that. Mm-hmm. And I feel like 
when teachers do that, like those kids remember. Yeah. My third grade teacher, Miss An- Mrs. Antonop- Antonopoulos. Antonopoulos. She had a very long. It's Miss Antonopoulos. Yeah. Yeah. I loved her. She's I great. still I still think about that woman. Yeah. And like I have tried to find her. I'm like she was a fantastic teacher. She was a really great teacher. She yeah. was an unbelievably amazing teacher. I remember I cried during like the last day I saw her and I made my mom go um, help me buy her a gift yeah. because I was going to miss that woman so, so much. Yeah. Miss Quinlan loved her. She was my favorite teacher. Loved her. She like gave me a t-shirt in elementary school that had to do with Rosa Parks and like Aww. just encouraging me to be like a bold black woman before I even knew how significant it was that she gave me that t-shirt and I will never forget that. And those are the types of teachers that like make a difference is that they have an imagination for you to be something greater than like what you could ever imagine for yourself. Like those are the types of teachers that are needed in classrooms, especially in high school, but like teachers in general, Mm -hmm. you know, in college, my freshman year, we had this math teacher who didn't care he like showed up with his t-shirt inside out. <laughs> did he really? Absolutely. That's like did not care whatsoever. Maybe he just wanted to see if you were paying attention. No. Extra no credit. Way. If you could tell no. me what day I showed up not wearing pants. He just was lost in the sauce of that teacher. But yeah, that's a good point though. That's a really good point. I feel like all of these kind of go well together, you know? Yeah. So it's good. Like my next one is I think that teachers need to be culturally competent and aware. And I think what we've talked about so far, like gives an example to that, you know, like their politics involved in the school that we went to and the people who had families who can invest and commit and put money into the high school. Like those are the people that had the better experience. Like, oh, I know your family, like, the teachers had a bias towards those kids to succeed and excel. And I think cultural competency would really make them aware and, and able to like correct their own bias that they have to provide an education that caters to X, but not Y, you know? Mm. I also think that like with favoritism too, I remember (laughs) this is like the, I'm like, was not culturally competent. This is the experience that I had that I remember. You dropped Um, the name. Oh, shoot. (laughs) Just, like, bleep it out. Okay. (laughs) I was like, oh, are we going there? We call it people. We're not kidding. I would never. (laughs) She wouldn't let me, but, like, I would never. (laughs) I remember I was just, like, minding my own business, eating lunch with a group of people, and this, like, counselor comes up to me the school or guidance counselor comes up to me and they're like so we have a new student and we just would love for you to like get to know her and show her around make her feel comfortable and i'm like i don't even know who you like i barely know who you are why are you coming up to me in the middle of class or in the middle of lunch when i'm with my friends Never, I've seen you, but I've never seen you. I've never talked to you a day in my life. Not joking. Really? A guidance counselor that I've never talked to came up to me in the middle of lunch. And she wanted me to show this girl around. Tell me why. The girl was. Black. 
damn. This girl was a black girl. Oh my god. When you were like, I've never seen this person, I'm like, oh, please don't tell me it was because the girl was black. It was absolutely because she was black. And I was like, are you Becky? Come on. You can do so much better than that, Becky. Like I was just like blown away by the fact that this guy guidance counselor. Oh my god, I cannot believe what you're telling me right now. Yes. Well, I mean, it makes me mad to say this. We became best friends. (laughs) (laughs) And we definitely made fun of all the white people. (laughs) Way to buy into it, Lola. Way to buy into it. She was Liberian, I was Nigerian. It rhymed. We just Wait, got along super it? well. Who was it? Who was it? What? Who was it? Oh my god, I loved her. Well, yeah, she was she so was, nice. She is amazing. But like, we ended up literally doing everything together. We she did track together, track and field. Like, yeah. So it was just, I was just like, oh my gosh, we need to be culturally competent. I actually told a bunch of high school teachers that I'd seen again later in life, the story, and they all started laughing. They're like, no way. Like they, the teachers even saw that that was just like the wrong thing to do. But that's just a funny example. But like teachers just need to be culturally competent so that they're aware of those biases. Another example that is actually more serious and definitely more scarring is that I remember in one of my classrooms, we were doing a debate and you had to choose a topic. Uh, You pick a topic and um you somebody had to be the one the one person who did like pro and then the other person had to be the the one that did con and the topic that i that uh we did was affirmative action kid you know affirmative action and i was pro affirmative action and some other person was con affirmative action what i'm just listening to the story hating our school so and it was and mostly i i really don't think there was any other black students in that classroom because there were probably like 10 black people total but i was pro affirmative action and i went in front of the classroom and i did my thing the other student did their thing and then everyone had to vote on who like won that topic and like we all had to debate it and like everyone they're like affirmative action is wrong blah 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 and the teacher did not step in like i think that is a situation where the teacher either should have coached me to help make sure that i got my points right beforehand or the teacher should have gotten involved and like make it a teaching moment that like affirmative action is not this bad thing but instead the teacher just let me like get annihilated by all these white students saying that affirmative action was wrong when the black girl had to defend affirmative action by herself. That was scarring. And that, that was, horrible. yeah, it was awful. It was so bad. And so I, that's another reason why I think that seriously, that teachers, teachers need to be culturally competent and aware and promote um, equity in classrooms. That matters. I can't believe that happened. <laughs> oh my God, this episode is just making me remember all the reasons why I didn't like her. I know. This is such a big deal for you because you were really mad bullied in high school. So, like, yeah, that's a it lot. was more so. It was more so middle school, but it like it carried over. Like, obviously, it carried over because like the people I talked about, on. and like the people carried over one thousand percent. And like I said, I think like my biggest thing was just that like, how am I gonna feel 
okay in an environment when I where I see the people that are making me feel all of these things and are like being so mean and so rude like low-key celebrated by teachers Mm -hmm. like you can't like you wouldn't feel okay in that environment right right so but I mean I survived it's just a little bit of trauma just, just gonna need a little bit of therapy. Just a sprinkle, yeah. Sprinkle, a, sprinkle. A little PTSD. <laughs> Go down the other aisle if I see anyone from high school at Walmart. Yeah, you're really triggered when you see high school. People. And Lola loves high school people. She talks about them all the time. I'm like, Lola, stop. I don't love them. Okay, they're always popping into your life. <laughs> they kind everywhere. of everywhere. Everywhere. They're literally everywhere for you. It's kind of weird. <laughs> it's a little weird. But um, so the last one is kind of this idea that like, and it goes for everyone, but like teachers also specifically that like kind of stop when you talk to kids or you talk to like high schoolers, stop pushing the idea that high school is like the time of your life. Hmm. And I think that that came, like, I thought of that because I saw this one post on Facebook that one of my Facebook friends shared where it was just, like, some people, and, like, it listed a bunch of things, but it was just, like, you know, like, some people are healing, some people are going through trauma, some people are, like, experiencing things differently, and you don't get to, like, live those, like, best years of your life to, like, maybe you're 30, or maybe you're 40. And I feel that like, if you're constantly telling kids that like, these are the best years of your life, and they're going through hell, like you're telling them like, this is as good as it's going to get kid. It doesn't get better. It doesn't this. get better than this. And like, as a kid, if you're like, constantly receiving that message, and you're like, well, everyone else seems to be like, living their best life. And like, I'm not like, that is like scarring that's even worse yeah and i feel like it goes to what you said at the beginning like teachers hold so much power like you're with teachers probably more in a monday well i don't know quarantine now but like when we were in high school like you're with your teachers way more than you are with your parents Hmm. you're like with them what eight nine hours a day you see your parents in the afternoon so you go to bed wake up and do it all over again Mm -hmm. that's like teachers hold so much power and i feel like if they address things in like a real life way versus like these are like it's great like this is it like this is as good as it's gonna get these are your best years like prom is gonna be the best night of your life like all this stuff i'm like it just I don't know. I think that there has to be like a realistic way for teachers to address things Mm -hmm. without making it so flowery. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Creating a space where there could be sucky high high school experiences, not just great ones, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And like, also it's like, not to say, I know like I ripped on some some, um, teachers in this episode, but I did give credit where credit was due. But, you know, there's great teachers out there. And I think that, like, I don't think that people go into teaching with a bad mentality. I feel like, A, you don't make a lot of money. So you must really, really want to like what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and he wants to deal with children for that long anyways. <laughs> but um, so I feel 
like you know teachers go into it with like the best intentions and to me like that's one of the hardest jobs in the world I cannot imagine being a teacher like when I was getting my English degree you at the school I went to you could pick two paths and it kind of determined like the courses that you studied and one was a writer and the other one was like studying English to teach English and I'm like absolutely (laughs) no thank you like I don't want the responsibility of molding tomorrow's minds tomorrow's like I am struggling to mold my own (laughs) let alone someone else's but so yeah yeah, I I agree with that yeah it's teachers have a lot of influence over kids so yeah, it's important to remember that. And also that the teacher is the adult, you know? Mm-hmm. It's fair if a student is being crappy because you don't, one, you don't really know what they go through in a day to day life and they're still growing, but it's for sure the teacher's job mm-hmm. to be the adult and to walk through that with them. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, my last one is that teachers need to be teachable. I think it, you can build rapport with your students. If there are ways that students can also teach you, you know, even little, little stupid things like teaching you how to Dougie. Sure. <laughs> teach me how to Dougie. Teach, teach me how to Dougie. Or like teaching you slang, like, hey, miss this person. Like, YOLO. Do you know what YOLO? Like when they have the opportunity to teach you something and they can like laugh about it and you all can laugh about it. Like, I think that really helps build rapport with, the students and to have influence over their lives so Mm -hmm. yeah I just I think that's important too is that you can learn from your students I mean luckily I feel like I've had good I mean I don't even know if they were actually my teachers I think I've had good like men uh counselors or I had a great coach like my track coach was amazing and he always made it feel like he came back to the school because the school gave so much to him. Mm-hmm. And I feel like those are the teachers that you need are the ones who have had, like, even though they've had hard experiences, like they're coming back because they remember what it's like to be a high school teacher mm-hmm. and they want to help create spaces for you to like excel and exceed or succeed. And I think that that's what my high school track coach was to me. Like he was, he just really wanted us to to do well. And I, I'm so glad that I had him as a coach Mm -hmm. and he was a good positive influence in my life and I also remember um, there was a space that the guidance guidance counselors created for black women they had this like group called Kajanga for black women to just like have the place to like be and I thought that was amazing and there were a lot of advocates in that space but pretty soon they cut the program which is really Mm -hmm. really sad like those teachers were the culturally competent ones, but mm. they had to fight their way into into or in creating that space for us. And soon after that, that was gone, which is really upsetting. But um, hopefully, with everything that's going on now, they see the value in bringing that back. Yeah, because that space that needs, makes sense. That space needs to exist mm-hmm. for students of color, you know, mm-hmm. and not just like blacks, but for Hispanics and for Asians for. Yes. What's it called? Lasso Club? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they have Lasso. Because they did have that. And, like, I think looking back, like, it was also hard because I was going through a lot of stuff, plus, like, working. But I'm like, they did have, like, a good amount of, like, Hispanic teachers. And they, like, their Lasso Club had a lot of people. Really? Yeah, their their Lasso Club was pretty good. What's Lasso? 
Um, I don't know what it stands for, but it was like the Hispanic Latin American Student Organization. Probably. <laughs> that would make sense. I mean, it fits. Yeah. But I'm the wrong Mexican to be talking about stuff like that. I just realized, like, I missed Mexico's Independence Day a couple days ago. <laughs> Anyways, so I remember there was this one teacher that looked super, super friendly. I forgot his name. I don't know if it was, like, Garcia or, like, something super common. But he had, like, a little, he had, like, a nice mustache. He seemed like a nice little Mexican man. <laughs> yeah, and, like, you know, like, there's not to say that, like, the school that we went to did not have great teachers. I'm sure it did. I'm sure it had fantastic teachers. I personally just not experienced them there, but like I am lucky because I've had a good amount of great teachers mm-hmm, mm-hmm. before high school and then after high school. So, I mean, teachers are important. Y'all are severely underpaid. <laughs> Who was your favorite teacher of um, all time? My favorite teacher of all time, of all time, all time, all time, all time. Probably, honestly, have to say. It was, is, um, one of my college professors, my journalism college professor. Why is that? What makes that person a good Um, teacher? Because this woman believes in me so much and it is so, it's just such a good feeling when you have someone who has been in the industry that you want to be in and who's done like some good things in that industry be like, Hey, like you can do this Mm -hmm. and to constantly be like pushing you and checking in with you. Like I've talked to her twice over quarantine and I graduated last year. Yeah. Yeah. Every time I reach out to her, like for advice, like I remember when I was debating taking a job in like Bumblefuck, Idaho, I like messaged her and I was just like, can you please get on a zoom call with me? Because I don't know what to do with my life. Mm -hmm. And like, she hopped on a call and I think it's, teachers that like push you yeah because she does push me out of my comfort zone and she's like hey like I heard about this opportunity or I heard about this and like I pitched you to this and like every place that I have talked to that like she has told me to call they're like she highly recommends you like she speaks so highly of you and like it just makes me so happy yeah to like it just feels like someone's in your corner you know yeah absolutely and it's a good feeling and she's like a great woman and she's a great mentor and like I really appreciate that so yeah so like somebody who stands in your corner believes in you who's there for you Mm -hmm. even after they're quote-unquote done being your teacher Mm -hmm. yeah my favorite teacher I would say is Miss Quinlan still (laughs) I loved her too she was amazing I was in between her and like the teacher that I talked about but I haven't talked to Quinlan in so long yeah like he's got friends with her though yeah, so she just, like, I don't know, again, like, what I said earlier, she, like, believed in me when I, before I even really could conceptualize why it was important for her to believe in me, you know? Yeah. And, like, the Rosa Parks t-shirt, I was just, like, it didn't even, it's just, it was so weird, because I felt like she, like, sowed a seed, where, like, she, I was just, as a kid, was like, thanks, like, didn't really know what it meant until much later, and I'm able to see, like, how sweet it was that she did that. And then she was my middle school teacher. She, like, went from elementary school to middle school. You had her in middle school? I had her in middle I'm school. I'm so jealous. As my science so, teacher. I, yeah, I was just like, oh, my gosh, Miss Quinlan. I did not know that you got to have I just her. Felt We're like not I, talking anymore. We're fighting. <laughs> I felt like I got to graduate and, like, see her again, which is the sweetest thing. And then 
like even on Facebook, like when I post at it, she's like, you're the sweetest. Like I've always believed in you. Like she still supports me. That's it. Okay. Still to this day. And so it's just like really sweet to see that sort of mentorship, friendship grow. Mm-hmm. So for sure. I never ever happened to Mrs. Antonopoulos. Antonopoulos. Yeah. <laughs> I can never say her name. But who is your favorite fictional teacher or movie about a teacher? Um, the teacher from M- Matilda, for sure. The one who ended up adopting Matilda. Okay, she's your favorite? Yes. Okay, my favorite movie by the teacher, I assume it says it's fictional. I'm like, it's not fictional, but Freedom Writers. Oh. Freedom Freedom Writers is one of my all-time favorite movies. I don't think I've seen it. Oh my, Lola, you would love that movie. I don't think I've seen it. You would love that movie. It's late. As I'd be like, pull it up right now. We're about to watch Freedom (laughs) Writers on our Friday quarantine night. Yeah. But it is one of my absolute favorite movies Mm -hmm. and that teacher is so amazing yeah so i just like that the girl from matilda who adopted her like was able to see she uh, it was just everything that we talked about that we wanted a teacher to be and just like loved her so yeah Yeah. so i think what you're saying is what you wish you could have told your high school teachers was to be more like matilda's teacher yes be like matilda's teacher (laughs) that's that's the goal yes well all right guys that is it for today's episode thank you so much for tuning in and like always you can follow us on social media yes thanks for listening guys follow us on instagram at thinking thick Follow us on Twitter at Thinking Thick One, on Spotify, SoundCloud, and iTunes. Follow us at the Thinking Thick Podcast. And then at Gmail, you can email us at thinkingthickpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.